Yep, it's another week and we are 633 Podcast and this is our season three because I said so. Here we go. We're continuing in Romans 12. Hey Sharon, let's say hello to everybody. Hello everybody. Hey. I feel a bit like a ventriloquist puppet when you do that. <laughs> hello everybody. Hello everybody. No, really, welcome everybody to our podcast. We are um, almost done. Romans. We're getting there. We're getting there. We see, we see the end. There's a lot, a lot of meat in this uh, chapter of Romans. There's, there's a lot to chew on. And uh, I think we've done pretty good talking about it. I'm, I'm, I, as, I've enjoyed it. As always, I take something away every time I pull apart any piece of scripture. So I've learned some more about it. I hope you guys have learned some more about it too. Um, and today, and, and if you are just cutting in into the middle of oh, any yeah. of these, you know, you can back up a few episodes. Um, I think we started Romans 12, I don't know, about five episodes ago, six episodes. Yeah, around there. It's when we switched to, um, I think it was when yeah. crawling to flying, I yes. think was the first one. So if you want to go back in our episodes, um, you can you can see where we began in Romans twelve and to to tear this apart and and like Sharon and I have said every episode, this is what we love to do. Mm-hmm. We love to get together as friends around a table and dig in just like we've been doing with you, and we encourage you to do it with a friend and absolutely stick with this table talk because we love it and it's really as you do this. And and I agree with Kimberly. Like, find somebody, and 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 doesn't have to be Romans. No, you know, um, we've done certain books of the Bible, chapters of the Bible. We've done topically. You know, what does the Bible say about marriage? Yes, right. And we looked up all the scriptures. Google's a big help. We didn't have that way back. We had a concordance. <laughs> heavy book, people. It's a heavy book. <laughs> a great big one. You know, and, and we just read it and talked about it and looked at it in different versions and and just, you know, tried to see where God led us in those things. And and it's the word is living and breathing. And every time you look at a scripture it's gonna it's gonna speak to you in a new way, depending where you are in your life and where God has you working on. And um so I, I really encourage you to do that. It's iron sharpens iron. That's right? right. That's what we are to each other when we do those sorts of things. Yes. So we're in Romans 12. And I always get to go first because my version sounds like the Bible, I always say. <laughs> it's New King James. And um, I find it slightly easier, easier to read than King James. But it still sounds like a Bible to me. So that's the one I look at first, and then I always go look in other scriptures to see what it really means. Yes. But, um, so we're up to verse 11, 12, and 13 today. So in the New King James, it says, and it, it in verse 11, it starts in the middle of a sentence. And so it's not going to make sense if I just read it the way it is. So I'm going to change the tense a little bit. So Paul is saying that we are not to lag in diligence. We're to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, 
continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. There's some big words in there. There's a lot of big words in there. Um, and look, go ahead. We looked a bunch of them up. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to talk about the definitions of some of those words as we go along. Yeah. But Kimberly uses the Message Bible. That's and right. And if you've been following us, um, you'll start to, even if you've never really studied the Message Bible, I'm sure you're getting a glimpse of what it, it's like compared to something like the New King James. It really unpacks. Yes. You know, and puts into plain language what we're talking about. So why don't you read from your version, Kimberly? Okay. 11 to 13. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. So it sounds really different, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. You hesitate. Yep. So I think you need to talk about your hesitation. <laughs> well, because when I, when I read the New King James, it says, not lagging in diligence. For me... These words, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. I see that as very similar for, for me because of my experience of my, you know, there, there's so many times in my Christian walk where life got busy mm-hmm. True. and I get sidetracked and you know, you you go to work and the kids need to catch the bus and somebody's sick with the flu and, you know, the paycheck and you had an appointment with the bank and, uh, you know, the boss called and needs you an extra shift. Like, I don't know. Life happens. And then suddenly I'm feeling like my faith maybe isn't even there. Mm-hmm. And seems dimmer. Yeah, by yours, like the aflame part. Right? So what I've learned in my 30 plus years of this journey, if I don't stay at least talking to God in my busyness, then I lag. So I'm similar, but there's more for me. So I need to at least be talking to God, having that alone time or, or one-on-one time with God. But I need to be talking about God. Oh, to my stay fueled, gosh. Right? Um, I think you and I have both experienced this. Um, for the most part in our lives, as we've journeyed through our, our walk together, you and I are the only ones in our circle where... We talk about God all the time. Yeah. And I have said in my episodes that if I am not talking about God, I feel like I'm holding my breath. And you know what that's like. You can hold your breath for 10 seconds, maybe even 30. But if you're holding your breath for a minute or two, it's really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So for me to be in social situations and not talking about God is extremely uncomfortable for me. 
For me, it feels like I'm holding back or having to watch my words. Um, because my inner dialogue so much focuses around that ongoing conversation that I have with Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk to other people like they have that inner dialogue going on too, right? And yet when I say, you know, oh, the other morning in my journaling time, God said to me, you know, and people get this weird look on their face. And I'm not talking uh, people who are not Christian. I'm talking people in my own church, you know? And so I, I think what talking about God does to keep me fueled up and aflame is that it keeps me stirred you know it keeps me focused on this is a god thing and no matter what it is it's a god thing Mm -hmm. right it's like building internal testimony for me yeah right yeah yeah and the bible says we're to share our testimonies with each other right that builds up the body but it also builds me up anyway yeah and the other thing is if I'm not reading my Bible, mm-hmm. you know, this conversation that I have with God, we, you know, we can call that prayer. And it isn't something that I need to get down on my knees and clasp my hands together and take time out. Although I love to do that too. Mm-hmm. But it's the ongoing in the car, washing the dishes, cleaning the toilet, driving to work conversation that I'm talking about Um, but there also needs to be my face in that word of God and it is what my version says about this fueled and aflame and it goes back to you know that when I when I heard you say that not lagging in diligence right you know what comes to my mind is that expression of your due diligence. Doing due diligence. Doing due diligence. And then your next part of um, the New King James, Sharon, it says that you're you're fervent in spirit, Mm -hmm. right? And serving the Lord. And my version says um, fueled and aflame. Right. And I just want to interject here what... You know, because I went and looked these up in the dictionary, these words. Yes. Right? And um, and so if I was going to translate that first verse about lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, with the definitions, right? It, it, it says, um, don't fall behind or get slowed down in your careful and persistent effort, right, to serve the Lord. Um, keep up your your passionate intensity yeah, like for that. the spirit. That's fervent, right? And and it just makes that come alive a little bit. For sure. When you think about that, right? How many of us um, can continue to be passionately intense about our serving the Lord and and connecting with the Spirit and doing the work if we're not doing that connection with God every day that's right. on a consistent basis, right? That's the fuel, I believe. That time, that presence of God in our lives. That's it's like how the world 
says, you know, we need, or my, my body too, you know, caffeinated, <laughs> you know, we need fueled. We need, you know, I need my caffeine. You need your energy drink. You need your uh, protein bar. You need your protein shake. You need this, you need that, you know, to give us that energy to get going about our day. But as believers, how many of us are, we're just stuck in the motions of mm-hmm. living as a believer. We get up and sometimes we even say our little prayer list. And sometimes we've done our little daily bread Bible study. Those aren't bad, but do they fuel you? Do they create that flame? Do they create that passion? You you know, Sharon, you said one of those words is having a passionate intensity. Right? And the message version here, it says, be cheerfully expectant as we serve the master. That's right. And we're just, sometimes we're just dragging our butts, you know, on our way to work and on our way home and going, you know, cooking the dinner and doing the dishes and doing the laundry. We just get stuck in this rut. And what we need to go back to is... Our diligence. So what's just popped in my mind when you're talking about that passionate intensity? Um, I mean, I hope we've all experienced this in our life or we will experience this. And that is being around um, the love of your life. Mm. Right? When you're first in love and you just can't wait to get together with that, with that person. Right, to be with them, right? You think about them all day. Yeah. You know, you try and come up with ways to make them happy. Always checking right? your phone. Yeah, always checking, <laughs> checking your phone. You know, um, to show your appreciation or to, to find ways to show them that you love them. Putting the best you forward. That's right. That's passionate intensity. Yeah, like right? it. Return to it's your like first your love. First love, right? And. We want to make sure that that is our relationship with God, that we come before Jesus every day. Yes. Like he's our first love. Yes. And without that time that you spend in his presence, without that studying of the word, and that just sometimes just... You know, I had this vision one time. I have to tell you the vision. Kim listen, 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 everybody. Hold it. Hold it. Stop the fort. If you're driving, don't run off the road. Sharon just said that she is going to share a vision. Hold it. Let's listen up. Are you listening closely? Okay, enough. Kimberly gets the visions. I don't. But I had this vision. And um, I had this vision of... Um, I'm getting goosebumps again, but I had to um, lean back into Jesus, right? And um, what it felt like in this vision was when you're sitting in a hot bubble bath and you just lean back into the water and the hot water comes over you right? And all your tension goes away and it's warm and it's like a big hug, a big embrace of warmth and comfort and security. You know, in my vision, 
I leaned back into Jesus. And that was the feeling I got instantly. You know, I said, Jesus, put your arms around me. And he did. And I leaned back and I got that feeling. And I'll tell you right now, that passionate intensity we're talking about, I had at that moment. Yeah. And something, it changed something in me. Because that was that really personal, intimate kind of relationship that I had never experienced before with Jesus. Hmm. And I mean, even now, if I'm really flustered or I'm worried or I'm scared or I'm alone or any of those things, I can say, Jesus, put your arms around me. And I feel that. He's right there. Right? I lost my train of thought in that vision. <laughs> Not really. You were, you were talking... Um, about our first love. That's right. Right? And so when you spend time with God, that, that fuels, fuels that first love feeling. And then what you get from that is this expectancy. Yeah, that's what I just wanted to bring up. Yeah. You know, I have often said to people through my blog win words and through um, my sessions and through these episodes that if you are not expecting God to talk to you and to lead you and to guide you and direct you and um, empower your life, then guess what? You're not going to see it. You're not going to get it. But when you have kept your, you know, when you get yourself fueled and aflame and you become an alert servant of the master, that passion and that first love, you know, I can remember when, um, you know, my, my husband and I started dating again and he was a commercial fisherman and he's gone to work at 4 a.m. And I didn't get off work till four in the afternoon. And, but we wanted to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And so do you know, crazy young people, but I'd be out till four in the morning, like 3.30 in the morning, and he would drop me off and I would get some sleep and then I'd go to work and then, you know, we'd see each other. We were always fighting for this time to be together and to have a life together. And I want you to know that if you are cheerfully expecting this kind of lifestyle, it empowers you to be passionate. And the Message Bible says, you, you know, don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. People, you will have energy. You will have passion. You will have Stamina. Stamina. You will not burn out. What fuels our pursuit? This, this fervency, this diligence, this time, and this expectation that we have of living life with him. The more and the better life. Right. That's how we don't burn out and we serve our master. When I wake up in the morning, it's my favorite time with Jesus. Um, My husband gets up at a ridiculously early hour. (laughs) 
and heads off to work. So, you know, I'm laying there and I'm usually awake when he leaves and it takes me a while to fall back to sleep. And, and I take that time, you know, and I just lay there. And the minute I open my eyes, you know, my first thought is, good morning, Lord. Right? I have this expectation that he's there. Yeah. Right? I go back to sleep usually, and then I get up when my alarm goes off. And, I mean, my expectation went out my eyes the second time. He's there. You know, what do you got for me today, Lord? You know, thank you for a good night's sleep. It's this ongoing conversation in my head, right? But I have the expectation that he's listening to me and that he can speak to me, yes. right? And when I say it's a conversation, it's not a one-sided conversation. I often get, um, I often get assurances. I often get peace. I often get direction, you know? And people say, oh, what did he say it to you? Like, what's he sound like? I get a lot of, I have a lot of naysayers in my life. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I think it's different for, for everybody. You know, you get to know his voice in your head. Um, doesn't sound like my voice. But it's thoughts that are dropped in my mind. That's my best way to explain it. But it's interactive. But I think it starts with the expectation that's right. That he's there for you and he's with you and that he wants to have a conversation and a relationship with you. And so, I mean, my version says um, rejoicing in hope. Mm, oh, my goodness. I love those words. Yes. Yeah. So I looked those up. Okay. Rejoicing in hope. It's showing or feeling great joy and mm. delight. Like when I got my chickens. Yes. In um, the expectation that something is happening. So showing and feeling great delight and joy in the expectation that God is always there with you. And will always be there with you. And it, <laughs> the Bible said the archaic meaning of hope is a feeling of trust in. Mm -hmm. Which I like it best. Yeah, feeling of trust. Mm -hmm. I think when we become believers that that's one of the hardest struggles. Um, you know, I can remember when I first got saved, I was okay with this Jesus thing. You know, he's like my brother. Mm. I, and I'm okay with that. But I really struggled with the Father. Oh, I think so many women do, Kim. And... You know, they're, and, and I had a good father. Yeah, don't, me too. Don't hear me wrong. I had a good father. But there was something about, you know, I hid lots of stuff from my dad. And, and I, you know, I would have got my butt kicked if he knew lots of stuff. But then when there's this father of all who knows all, you know, honey, there ain't no secrets. And so I had the fear of the Lord, <laughs> the fear of God in me that I didn't want to get close to him. I didn't trust, um, I didn't trust this father. And, you know, the, the, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament and the God of tomorrow is still the same. So that trust issue can be a real stumbling block 
for this cheerful expectancy. And, and some people have uh, relationship issues, and I think they come from, you know, whatever your journey has been and whatever that pain point or that shame is, um, I've heard it said that, um, you know, if Jesus is looked at like a brother, some people have problem with that because they've mm-hmm. had brother issues or sibling issues or young men issues, right? I've heard it said that if there's mother issues, that there uh, are believers who have trouble with the Holy Spirit because um, falls kind of into that mother feminine feminine category. So we all have those things, the but thing trust is- mm. when when it's there, that cheerful expectancy, it changes. It does. It's a freedom. It's like we walked out of that shackle that you talked about last episode, Sharon. Mm -hmm. The thing that helped me, because I, like you, struggled a little bit with the father figure of God. And in my childhood and my growing up, even in my adulthood, to the day he died, um, my biggest fear of my father was disappointing him. Yeah, me too. And um, I had a huge struggle with self-esteem in my life. And so I always felt I was disappointing my dad, let alone God, the father. Yes. Um, But the way I kind of managed to get around that, first of all, is I don't think of Jesus as male or female. I just don't. Wow. Right? Jesus is my savior. My friend. And he died so I could live. That kind of transcended a lot of the uh, hang-ups I had, right? So I made friends with Jesus pretty quickly. and But I still stayed away from the Father. I remember. Right? I struggled with that. Um, but what's happened since then is that I realize my relationship with the Father is all about the Son. It's all about Jesus, right? And... When God looks at me, he doesn't see all those disappointments. He doesn't see all those things because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Mm. Right? I he sees Jesus. I know you do. I can tell by the look on your face. But, I mean, for the women out there who are struggling with that, I mean, that, that can be a huge stumbling block in a Christian uh, walk in, in your relationship with with the Almighty. Right? So that's something that you... You really need to get together with someone and tackle, whether it's it's me as a coach or your pastor or or somebody. But that if that is affecting you, that's the number one thing you want to look at in your walk right now. I can't stress I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it is a real hinder. It's a real wall to this life that we're talking about of. Um, being fueled in a flame, being diligent, being fervent. You know, if you are having trust issues for whatever reason, it's really difficult to take that effort. You know, yeah. we we tend to avoid things that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so 
Yeah, I agree 100% that that needs to be tackled. That and needs God to wants be. that healed in you. Oh, absolutely. Right? Satan uses people in our past to keep us away from God. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. so my little story. Yes, let's hear your story. Um, many years ago, I worked at daycare. And which, by the way, yes, I do work there again. But when my one daughter was, um, you know, two, two and a half years old, I was working in the daycare as uh, educator. And it was nap time. And I struggled and struggled and struggled because this little girl did not want to go to sleep. So we have, you know, a room full of 10 children and mine is the only one that's awake and fighting this sleep thing. And I was, um, I, I felt like a failure. I felt shame. I felt like, uh, you know, I'm not doing a good job. I wasn't a good parent. This child was not listening to me. This was your child. Right. This is my child. Not one of the children who attended the daycare at my job. This was actually my child. So I had personal shame and guilt and uh, judgment on myself for it. Anyway, after a battle and losing my patience, um, my little girl finally went to sleep. And then I felt bad for the thoughts and the emotions that I was having and the anger I'd felt for my two-year-old because she wouldn't go to sleep and she was embarrassing me on my job. Mm -hmm. And... When I looked at this little, beautiful, sleeping, innocent face, I had this huge sigh and this huge, overwhelming feeling of love. That she, Now, she's so precious. She's such a gift. She's such an angel. She's just wonderful. And I know that I heard the voice of God say, that's how I always see you. And I was like, what? Say what? <laughs> and he began to talk to me in that little sleep room that when you and I have been born from above and we've accepted Jesus as that Savior that you talked about and we've been cleansed in the blood and forgiven of our sin, that's how he always sees us. Free. Mm-hmm sinless little and i've heard this expression a few times through my own experience and listening to other people at conferences that when you're 3 you're free oh yeah i remember you saying that now isn't it interesting that jesus said unless we become like a little child we will not enter the kingdom of god mm -hmm. Now, I want you to compare that, listeners, with Romans 14 that says the kingdom of God is peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And righteousness is seeing yourself like the Father does as that sleeping child. So, people, if you want to be fueled up for the pursuit of this more and better life. If you want to serve 
and not burn out, this is how to do it. You must be born from above. You must keep yourself fueled and aflamed, passionate, fervent in him. By spending time in his presence, allowing his Holy Spirit to fill you up and spend time in the word of God. And as always, submitting yourself to that head Mm -hmm. because he said so. That's right. So until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.